understand you smile because they just need it good. Hello and welcome to Girlsplained, a podcast dedicated to all things geeky and girly. If you've ever wanted to be a self-rescuing princess, ever thought about getting medieval on some jerk at the Ren Fair, or thought about using the hashtag Black Nerd Problems, then you're in the right place. We're your hosts. I'm Joshua Unruh. And I'm Leslie Light. Now get ready to be Girlsplained. Hello, ear holes. Welcome back to another episode of Girlsplained. As you can hear, we have another guest co-host joining us. Hi. Hi. Hello, Leslie. Welcome back. Because longtime listeners may recognize Leslie's voice from our Mother's Day special as she came and talked to us then. Yes. She is going to join us today to do a bit more of uh, an intersectional Girlsplained as we talk about all manners of diversity and we typically wind up doing that a little bit anyway but we're going to widen the lens from the ladies and talk about broader diversity in fiction yeah and before we jump into that i want to turn it over to leslie who is a columnist and i believe co-founder of black nerd problems no i'm a writer in the second wave there were about okay. four people originally okay um and i was brought on and so we can get into that part, but yes, hi, I'm Leslie. I'm a writer and editor at blacknerdproblems.com. So if you ever want to read anything I've written, you can always go there. I was not born a nerd. I'd say I came to it later in life. My high school librarian was really my gateway drug. And I've been dedicated ever since. I've done science fiction conventions, renaissance fairs. I've written novels and short stories. There is very little I am not into. And uh, I find that it's a great way not only to, to spend my time, but also to explore these kind of thorny questions. It's a great platform from which to look out onto the world. I am lucky enough to have met Joshua, and we really have hit it off, and I'm looking forward to having this conversation with him. It's a great week to be a nerd. Comic-Con in San Diego is going on right now, and there's just going to be so much to talk about. So let's go ahead and get started. Absolutely. Nerd prom is uh, something I have not attended in a while, but I'm, I'm hoping to get back very soon. Now, Leslie and I were chatting about some of this a little bit, but then there was a particular piece of news that actually got leaked ahead of San Diego that puts a point on the spear here, and that is... Marvel's 2016 Marvel Now lineup. Yeah. Which, yeah, which is, um, can we say mixed bag? Is yeah. that a reasonable, yeah, that's a reasonable opener, mixed bag. Specifically, we're going to be talking from the perspective of diversity in fiction because there's actually, there's actually, they didn't lose any of their big name creators or anything like that. So if you're enjoying what Marvel's putting out, that is not the thing that we will be discussing. That should still continue as you've come to expect it. But there is a very interesting change on the page. There's a much more multiracial cast on the page while the cast of people who create those books continues to be fairly male and Caucasian. I'm just going to open that up. That's what brought it in. So that's kind of the lens through which Leslie and I are going to deal with this. And I'm going to pass it to Leslie because I have some, you know, some questions and concerns as we go. But 
start us off. Yeah, just looking at the Marvel Now announcement, yeah, there's always going to be stuff you're looking forward to. They're bringing one of my favorite authors, Jeremy Whitley, in from Action Lab to write a Wasp series, which is going to be hilarious. They're continuing Squirrel Girl, whom everyone loves. Oh, um, they're bringing in... She's hilarious also. They're bringing in Unworthy Thor, which is just kind of odd and curious to those of us who've liked both Jane Foster Thor and the original Thor and want to see how those two people exist in the same universe. There's a lot of meat going on. And you can tell that Marvel is going for what I what is generally embraced as diversity. They're bringing in more characters. They're trying to have X percentage be black, X percentage be Latino, Y percentage be Asian, and really kind of fill all of their slots. But at the same time that they are doing that, they're not really speaking to each character's involvement in the story or their significance in a larger universe. Diversity is great, but diversity also gives you another dead black hero like Rhodey, who died to advance the white emotional uh, uh, health of Iron Man and Captain Marvel. Not that that was not a great plot point, but how many times do we have to see that? How many times is that going to be the way our black heroes end? And as I was saying, it, that's diversity. But it's maybe time for us to start thinking bigger than just percentages and quotas and start thinking about inclusion. Start thinking about fully representing the way the world we all live in which is very multiracial and multicultural, or it can be if you allow it to be. Um, let's talk about that world <laughs> and, yeah. and actually write inclusively and let diversity be a milestone on that road towards inclusion, but not the ending goal. For me, as well as the listeners, can you expand inclusion a little bit when you say let's make inclusion the goal? Can you unpack that a little um, bit? It's something that I want to make sure I give credit properly. Her name is Ava DuVernay, and she's a black female writer, producer, director, really famous in a number of movies, Selma, Middle of Nowhere. She gets a lot of press as, as a director and a thinker. She's also involved with, you know, Scandal and the newest Queen Sugar, which is coming out from Oprah Winfrey. Like, she's in the mix. And she started thinking more about inclusiveness as a philosophy for us to move towards, which is, as I said, an idea that we are all in this together and all of our experiences can and should be represented in a piece of art. Not in all the same piece of art, but across the whole body of art that there is, right? So across an entire line of 20 or 30 comics, you can get a variety of experience that is deeper than checking a box against mm -hmm. your quota list. And that's something that you have to explore. We had to learn what diversity meant for each of us when it came up 20 years ago. And now here we are now we can start to explore what inclusiveness and how that pushes us a little bit further on the road of making sure that as much variety is represented and well represented and mm -hmm. respectfully represented in a piece of art. 
right? I am, I'm all for a novel that is all white guys. If that's the novel you have in your heart to write, mm -hmm. but that's not the only novel that exists or a comic book. It's not the only comic book that exists and we can continue to buy and consume a variety of media that takes us further down that road. So right now you still see like this sort of, there's a lot of, characters of color that are maybe stepping into roles that already existed or taking or becoming legacy characters or whatever. And so right. you're still, you would still consider that under the umbrella of diversification. Like we're, yeah. 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 When you explore, what does it mean when Captain America is a black guy? How does that change what the phrase Captain America means in mm -hmm. the title? What does it mean? Now they're talking about, they're going to have a black female Iron Man. Riri Williams is going to be in Marvel now as the new Iron Man, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is great. It, the cover is amazeballs, right? And I just hope that they, I want her to be the same whole Tony Stark is. <laughs> you know, yeah, I want to bring yeah. that diversity of experience to what it looks like to be a black female in an iron suit who's also that arrogant and also wins that much. What does that, that mean? Yeah, that's really interesting. Because she, she is she's fifteen. Let's yeah. talk about I think it's Riri Williams is yep. is going to be her name. She's mm -hmm. fifteen. She's at MIT and she has already built her own suit before yep. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure of the context why she was building suits or I mean honestly, if I was an MIT engineering you? student and yeah. Iron Man existed in the same world as me, that yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I I'd be yeah. building a suit. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. But trying yeah. it out on different people, like all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But a 15 year old African American genius is going to have a really different experience than Tony Stark. So even yeah, even if she's arrogant and kind of a jerk about it, it's going to be, or it ought to be, a very different flavor. Yeah. Of that. Of what yeah. that looks like, right? And I want to know what that looks like. What is the? I know what I think that looks like. What does the writer think that looks like? So. Yeah. I think that those are the kinds of things that allow us to kind of bring comics to a sci-fi what-if world. Mm -hmm. What if they were really mutants? What if people really had superpowers? Keep asking that question, and that's going to push the conversation in a totally different direction. Speaking about black characters stepping into a space that was formerly a white character space, I think there are a couple different ways to do it. Could you do it in the way that Sam Wilson did it, where he became Captain America, but everybody knew he wasn't going to stay Captain America? Or you do it the way Kamala Khan did it, where when she became Ms. Marvel, you knew there, like, Carol was not ever coming back yes, yeah. to be Ms. Marvel anymore. So we were stuck with Kamala from the jump. And that's a really different experience in terms of representation. This is not somebody filling in for someone else. This is someone fully taking on that mantle and that was, changing it. Go ahead. Absolutely. The no, the changing it is huge. Like I, yeah. the, it's one thing to take it on and one thing to change it. And really, if you're, if you're writing this very different character, well, the changing it should happen naturally. Naturally. But it's still, it's, it matter, of course. let's put a exclamation point on that, how they change it. Yeah. But that was, uh, you bring up Sam Wilson, that was actually one of my number one 
Well, I mean, I wasn't arguing against him becoming Captain America, except in the context. Well, you've heard Rowan and I recently talking about this yeah. illusion of change where I was like, listen, right. he's not going to be Captain America forever. That's yeah. not how this is going to work. If for no other reason than Chris Evans is still Captain America on it movie screen. Like right. brand synergy is a thing aside from any other concerns. Yeah. Yeah. So like my number one concern was what happens when he doesn't get to be Captain America anymore? And I think we're kind of getting that weird sideways answer now is that there's yeah. two Captains America and there's two Thors and there's two Hulks, which I guess they prepped us for before with different shades of Hulks, but Hulk, you know. Right. And part of it is pure simple capitalism. Now they get to sell twice as so many comic books, right? Well, that's because the theory. That's the theory, <laughs> right? Now the people who left because Thor was a girl can come back and read Boy Thor but they don't have to lose the new fans who came on simply because Thor was a girl. You have just accidentally solved a conundrum that I have had for a while where I didn't want to keep saying, do you mean Lady Thor or whatever when somebody yes. would, right? And so I started mm -hmm. saying, you mean Jane Foster Thor? But I like, I like boy Thor and, and Thor so much yes. better. Thor, Thor. I feel now, like Chris Hemsworth is... would also be on that bus yeah. post Ghostbuster, <laughs> where he's funny and denigrating, you know, being the big, big dumb, smart, blonde guy. Yes. Yeah, uh, I feel like he'd is. be on board with Boy <laughs> Thor. <knows. laughs> and, and then you get so this is a side convo. My my five year old reads A Force comics with me. I don't know if you read A Force, um, Captain yeah, yeah. Marvel, She Hulk. Medusa, Nico Monaro, like just this crazy combination of female superheroes out being Avengers, basically. One of the recent characters they brought in was Dazzler Thor. Now, Dazzler Thor is kind of a mishmash from Battleworld, who is, I'm getting deep into comic land here. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> she's a mishmash from Battleworld who is, Thor is a title that one receives when one joins the police force, effectively. So she is both Dazzler and a Thor. So she has a like. So she shoots light and, and stuff out of her hands, and she has a hammer named Lightbringer. Of course, it's named Lightbringer. What else sure. would you call it? My daughter thinks that's Thor. So she looks at Boy Thor and calls him Boy Thor because she's the other chick is Thor, right? right. Having met your daughter, that it makes it extra great. Like, because I can picture her saying Boy Thor, and that's Boy just Thor. a delight. Why is Boy Thor so boring when real Thor is so awesome, right? Like, that's the way, because real Thor is shiny and pink and sparkly, which are the things that she loves in anybody. This is kind of what I've been saying about Beta Ray Bill since, you know, whatever, yes. 1987. Oh my god, yes! Thor more interesting, like the frightening horse monster Thor? Yes! Yeah. And so you start to see how representation works. How for new people who don't know who Thor is, every version of Thor is Thor. And yeah. so we are smart enough to have all those things exist at the same time. I can have all the Thors in the world! It's the comic book rules that tell me I can't. I can. I'm good at that. I have yeah. 47 Star Treks, right? They all <laughs> exist at the same time for me. Or or I have one that I'm mixing all of those together to make one that makes me happy. Okay, at the yeah. very least, that's, as, yes. that's the best case scenario. That's how you get to the smallest number. 
Yes. It's, it's all canon, and I'm just picking the pieces I like, right, yeah. <laughs> to put it together. So you start to see how if you let readers expand their brains a little bit all over your art, then as an artist, you can just keep throwing it at us, and we're going to keep eating it. The diversity question, the inclusion question becomes less significant because you're not gating it. You're just giving it to us, and we're going to take it. Yeah, and I feel like from a cohesive fiction standpoint, which is itself a mixed bag in superhero comics, but yeah. superhero comics are uniquely positioned to allow that, right? It is already not a problem for our children and for us, but especially for our children to hold different versions of characters in their heads as whole yeah. and separate so that my son can play Spider-Man Noir in a completely different way than he plays Spider-Man. Yes. And there's yeah, no contradiction for him. Those things are no. not, they just are. Yeah. I guess as a reader who knows how these things work, that was the thing that bothered me, kind of circling back to Sam Wilson, mm -hmm. but was that I was like, what happens when he has to get demoted? Yeah. And, and does it still feel like a demotion now that there are two Captains America? I, I guess not. When you make the other guy a Nazi, then <laughs> you, you keep yeah. the street cred as Captain America, I guess. <laughs> right? Because at least, you're not a Nazi, right? So Way to go, give, Sam. So do they give him a new title? I'm just hoping they don't kill him. As long as they don't kill him, I'll be okay. I can work no. with anything else. So you talked about Rhodey, who, spoilers, people, recently died in Civil War too, yes. And we're kind of contrasting and comparing that with Goliath, who died in the first Civil War. Yes. Again, to ignite more controversy between white superheroes who are punching each other. Yeah. The interesting thing to me as this is going to be really weird. This is going to be a weird comparison. That's but the it. interesting thing was when I heard Brevert talking about why they chose Rhodey to be the death that spurred people on, it was because of his inclusion in these other people's lives as a character. Okay. Right? Like he's Tony's best friend and he is Carol Danvers' very serious love interest. Yes. And so for him to get caught in the middle and die, that actually makes, it makes character sense, right? Yes. But unfortunately, because our representation is not great, right. it is sort of, I don't want to say it's an unfortunate side effect. It's an unfortunate side effect of the lack of diversity that this, the character yes. who made the most sense to kill off for this story happens to be black. Well, Last time it was because Goliath is 100% expendable. There was no character yeah. stuff at all. Yeah. But you can't help but take a step back and go, that looks problematic, guys. You know. Yeah. Then you get to your benefits. In a world where we have a better, more fleshed out, more cohesive vision in Marvel now, say for example, yes. you can kill a character and I'm not going to accuse you of the magical Negro. Like That's yep. not going to come out of my mouth. Because there's five other black people all doing yes. different things. This was my weird, this was the thing I was going to make. That was a weird comparison. When I was thinking about this, it reminded me of Sailor Moon because honestly, almost everything, everything. reminds me of Sailor yeah. Moon right now. Yeah. Yeah. But Usagi, who is ostensibly the big, she's the title card hero of the group, is kind of a lackluster superhero yeah. in the face of her teammates. But it's fine because there's all these other women around her who get to be different like nobody yeah. is expected to be 
the example so you can have the tomboy who also cooks and you can have the I, I'm not really very impressed with men. I'm going to go do my spiritual thing hothead and you can have the genius. And when there's five of them right there being fully fleshed out characters, you don't have to rely on the one, even the one whose name is above the fold to carry that example. It is a way actually in which while anime is not visually racially diverse, Yes. Anime and manga take gender diversity to its most logical conclusion. You can find any gender representation in an anime or a manga that you want, right? So in yeah, any they given, have names for the genres. Like, yeah. what would you prefer? What do you uh, want? You want harem? You want magic girl? You want this? You want that? Mix it together, right? Are you a male reader who would like to see lesbian relationships? Are you a female yeah. reader who would like to see lesbian relationships? Are you a male reader that would like to see homosexual men? Are you, I mean, just yep. what, yeah. Anyway, yeah. you want to slice it because they have so much. Yeah. And then get whatever you want. And there's no need. There's lots of stereotyping that goes on in manga. Don't get me wrong. But sure, it sure. releases you from some other constraints because your representation is at 100%. You almost don't have to make that apology for the parts of manga that are still problematic yep. because there's so much of it that it's like some percentage of stuff is going to be problematic. But if we're talking about Marvel and DC, it's hard to miss the fact that it's the biggest percentage in a lot of ways, right? In this yep. terms of diversity. Yeah. So we're still in sort of the diversification stage on the page. Yep. Do you feel like a diversification of the staff of the creators is probably the next necessary step to get to that inclusivity place? You are asking all the best questions, Josh. <laughs> um, because as I was telling you just as we were warming up here, it is the, I think it's the first or second full day of San Diego Comic-Con right now. Yes. Marvel just announced a new comic book set in Wakanda about the non-superpowered black people in Wakanda to be written by two black women with two black women artists on the comic. The I now they all conjunction with Tanahisi yes. Coates on yes. on Black Panther. So I you have essentially an entire African American team working on this multiple books on yes. you know that's yes that is I think it would be hard for me to stress to people who don't read superhero comics how big a deal that is. How big a deal is it? And it, to, directly to your question, Coates got those women that job. When Marvel said, hey, we want to do this comic, Coates was there and said, here are the people you need to hire. So, yes, you need to diversify the writer's room because that then leads to a greater depth greater perspectives in those conversations it feeds off of each other and so you have enough writers and enough women and enough whatevers to fill the spots to get what you want out of your comic right i don't have a problem with white comic authors white comic artists doing books that have majority black characters that is Brian Michael Bendis has been doing a great job on Spider-Man. Jeremy Whitley is my, as I have already said, personal fave. He's killing it. It princeless and private princeless. Like, he, these guys are out here doing the work. But there comes a point where 
just having white guys represent what they think that perspective is has a limit. And it should behoove all of us to encourage Marvel or encourage DC to allow more people of color into that world. Because right now they're going to independent publishers, they're going to Image, they're going to Dark Horse. Right? So Marvel, it's not like these people aren't making comics, because they are. They're just not making them for the mainline superheroes that people want to put into a movie. And the end result of that, again, to go back to your capitalism, the end result is I'm going to buy more comics from Image than I'm going to buy from DC. That's a place where you could absolutely see the interests of the moviegoer diverge further from the interest yeah. of the comic book the reader. Comic yeah. I mean, they're doing an okay job on screen, but we also, I, I mean, as far as uh, uh, diversification, I think mm -hmm. there are absolutely some places where I want to throw my hands up. Like every time I see the Doctor Strange trailer, I just, it's like sand in my shorts seeing oh. the, the ancient <laughs> And while there's a little more space to talk about a better way to handle it, the Iron Fist Netflix series just feels like a giant missed opportunity. I'm just going to say it like that. Yes. So There was a huge Twitter campaign around Iron Fist. And okay, I'm, let, let's go ahead and we'll get into the genre, right? He was always a white guy. There's no reason not to make him a white guy. But how do you change that story if you make him an, an Asian American? Well, That's a totally different world. It actually puts a finer point on one yeah. of the themes. And I think you and I may have had this conversation. But if he is an Asian American who goes to yep. Kunlun, he's an other there, yep. even though he looks like everybody else and the, or looks more like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And then when he comes home, he's like double, triple extra other. Yep. And if they go back to the mystical city after he's kind of gotten used to being in America for a little bit in, he's like quadruple extra other. It, it puts a finer point on that yep. being the outsider everywhere. Yeah, that's why I say it. The, the ancient one feels like a middle finger. Yeah. <laughs> Iron Fist feels like a just a real missed opportunity, even at, yep. the, at the writer's room level. You mentioned Bendis specifically. And yes. one thing that I really appreciate as far as commentary on Black Nerd Problems specifically, mm -hmm. is, and this has been recent, is that you guys are following him on the Spider-Man title that is Miles Morales. Miles has yes. been folded into the main Marvel Universe. And I think, I haven't read a lot of it, is actually doing more of the what we would consider traditional Spider-Man job. Since yes. Peter Parker is like kind of being Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Which is um, weird, but okay, we're going to go it, with that. It's fine. It's, fine. Uh, it's been <laughs> five years. He contains multitudes. Um, right. I, I believe Bendis has a multiracial household. And yes. look, as we were saying, he has kind of more of an insight into what he's writing. But you guys have been quick to, at Black Nerd Problems, have been quick to say, this might be a place where insight is falling short of lived experience. And Rowan and I have mentioned that with Jessica Jones. Like, we appreciate yeah. Alias, but Jessica Jones, the show, is a better work that does more of what Alias wanted to do better. And I think it's because women were allowed yeah. in the writer's room. Yep. And so it becomes, I'm not going to say it is more realistic. I'm going to say that it doesn't give you the same ish over and over again. 
Because whether it's more realistic or not, that's something we could always argue, right? But does yeah. it give you the same? No. As we were talking about Coates and how Coates is bringing on new writers, Bendis is at the point where he could chill out, hire two assistant writers that he shepherds up to do Spider-Man and sit back and collect royalty checks. I think you and I had this very conversation where I was like, this is the point where you have uh, you have Bendis bring on an assistant yeah. writer to the Spider-Man book uh, who is who is African-American or who is uh, Afro-Latino, you yeah. know, who is able to speak more directly into that. And you get to basically create your next generation of talent on the, yeah. on the way. I, I'll have to go look at the list. There's a book about younger heroes that I think is winding up getting written by Mark Wade. God above, I love Mark Wade, but... but not young. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's been 12 years since he was writing a teenage super team that I remember when he was writing Legion of Superheroes. Right. And it's just like, that's 12 more years. Like, get the guy a 25-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> That he can mold and train and show the ropes while that person is being, you know, that voice to them. It just seems like a really easy, obvious. I know they're they're not swimming in money that they can just double up on every book. But if you're serious about that kind of thing, what better way to do this there? Yeah, this is how you do it. You know, to to steal from another fandom, right? There, there are always two: the master and the apprentice. That's how it works, (laughs) right? Everybody gets a pad one. Let's do it. And you want to talk about good press. You want to talk about selling more comic books. You want to talk about managing your pipeline, right? Like, this is a big argument that we have in um, women and people of color getting into tech and STEM fields. That the pipeline is the problem. Well, the problem is that you don't want to look outside of your traditional pipeline. Like, let's expand our possibilities. We look at, so we're talking about that World of Wakanda comic. Afua Richardson is just did the cover for the first issue, right? She's been on all kinds of comics. The woman who's doing the interior art has been doing comics for 15 years. It's not like they had to look hard to find these people. They just had to hire them. Yeah, right? that, I'll tell you, 20 years ago, that might have been... Yeah, that was a fine that, that you could understand, but yeah, the the jig yeah. really feels up. Like just just look a little bit. Just just ask. I got a list. Yeah, <laughs> just go to Twitter and ask. And even yeah. if you even if eighty percent of it is dross, the twenty percent that shines is really going to shine. And you're going to get people who've never done anything mainstream. And I'll tell you. I, I feel like you're also solving your problems of audience to some extent. Yeah. The fact that you have a vocal audience who's going to be upset, who's going to ask, haven't we seen enough people of color, which is a look around, look around at media. This is a crazy yeah. conversation. Exactly. We're, uh, we're preaching to the, to, uh, to the choir with, uh, with the girls playing audience, I feel, but you know, that's a ridiculous question. But if you start cultivating that behind the page, like yeah. you've taken the first couple of steps on the page, now start cultivating it behind the page, and you are going to get converts yeah. who are going to live and die yep. Marvel who aren't those people who are going to get upset every time you try something 
air quotes new, even though we're new. talking about a group of people who've <laughs> been here forever in the real world. Been here all know. along, right? I started reading comics monthly. I'd always read them here and there, you know, random things. Started reading them monthly when they did the Storm comic. Because oh, that was yeah, a yeah. comic that felt like they literally wrote it for me and put it in my hands. Mm -hmm. And now everything I read is Marvel. I read anything. I got a whole stack of Civil War. Tie-ins galore, the whole thing. Like they've made their money on me. Yeah, is what yeah. I'm saying. Small because investment, put, you guys. Yes. Small investment. Small you gave investment an X Man. You, you gave an X Man a solo book. Yep. I think it worked out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you made your money. And an X Man who you knew was amazing, had a good story. You had Greg Pak write it. He's a great writer. Like it was not. You didn't have to think real hard about it. <laughs> but. Right. Right. It took a long time, right? And now we've got four more Wolverine books. Don't get me started on Wolverine. Oh, but one of them one of them is uh I know she has a real name, oh, but I can never remember yes. it. One of them is X twenty three. X twenty three. It is a different flavor, <laughs> man. A whole different thing. It that's Looking up her name right now. Yeah, I know that at some point she she chose an actual name, but I've never I don't think I've read anything where anybody called her by her real name. Or it looks like Laura Kenny is her name. Yes, that's right. That's right. And that, by the way, that is probably more because of me not reading a whole lot of X books than it is, you know, Laura anything else. X books. Who can get into that stuff anymore? But anyway, so superhero fans, <laughs> right? People who've been reading it for years and years and years. A little bit of commitment. You can, you can figure that out. <laughs> a little bit of commitment, yeah. Well, yeah, you'll notice I'm, uh, yeah, that's a real soft sell right there. <laughs> it's the same thing I say about Legion of Superheroes. Honestly, it's the same thing I said about Avengers when that was suddenly like a property that people cared about. And I was like, oh, yeah, all these people you think are Avengers, they barely show up. Yeah, they're not in any of the comics. But it's a right. bunch of people like Demolition Man and Quicksilver, and now Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are actually big name Avengers. But you know what I mean? Right. Like it was. Yeah, these are all the guys who show up every now and then. It's not really. <laughs> okay, and this is where I need to plug the comic book I am actually looking forward to, which is the Great Lakes Avengers. Yes. You're also a new Marvel now line. Because I'm from Ohio, and so the fact that there would be superheroes hanging out in Ohio just makes me so happy. I can't even. I'm had to buy the first issue just on GP. Do you know the lineup? Because there's been a Great Lakes Avengers before, but years and years ago. Like that's where Squirrel, Squirrel Girl was in it. Flatman, Big Bertha. I mean, is a bunch of Great Lakes Avengers. Bam. Because they actually joked at one point. A while back, they they decided that most of them were mutants, so they might as well be an X team, and changed it to Great Lake X Men, so they were GLX instead of GLA. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> that is shared universe nonsense that I approve of, right there. <laughs> I one hundred percent approve of. Okay, now who? Everybody's in this comic. Yes, Flatman, Squirrel Girl. There's a very large person in the back in a yellow leotard. Oh, this is going to be the best comic book ever. <laughs> I just don't even. I don't even know what to do with myself. Here we go. Founding members: Mister Immortal, Dinosaur, yeah. Big Bertha, Flatman, and Doorman. Oh, I forgot Doorman. about Doorman. 
Do I even want to know what doorman? No, don't add, don't tell me. I'm going to figure it out. It's actually much simpler than you would expect, and we will let this be the final Great Lakes Avengers rabbit trail for now. Okay. You can basically, if he stands against a wall or an, a, a solid surface, you can enter the other, go to the other side of that surface through him. I love comic books so much. <laughs> yes. Okay. Now, all right, and this is all right. Sorry. This will be that the last. That was down the rabbit hole. That was all the last fun. tiny rabbit trail connected to that rabbit trail is that's why I use to go read Legion of Superheroes because in Marvel that guy's going to become a member of the Great Lakes Avengers and it's going to be kind of a joke. In the Legion of Superheroes that guy will somehow someday be the most important person yeah. in the galaxy. <laughs> I mean Matter Eater Lad saved the day with his power of being able to eat anything more than <laughs> once. <laughs> it's delightful. So Love it. Love it. Now, these are a little bit uh, more, let's say, self-serving questions, but they're questions okay. that I wonder about as a creator myself. And yeah, yeah. Uh, you are also a writer of fiction in addition to op-ed pieces and social commentary, yes. pop culture commentary. Uh, I've read a little bit of yours. So, I mean, we've, you know, this is, this is a place that, that you will have insight in, I feel. So, as I've mentioned on previous Girls Blamed episodes, I am a straight white man. But I am a straight white man who really doesn't want to be part of the problem anymore. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm creating things. And when I create things now, it's really very easy for me when I start making new characters to very purposefully decide that they will not be straight white dudes, right? Mm -hmm. And things instantly get more interesting in the story. Or if not more interesting, different than what we've seen before, right? Right. However, much, well, I don't want to say much like Brian Michael Bendis because I'm either overselling or underselling myself, depending <laughs> on, on your opinion of Brian Michael. <laughs> right, right. Or any given issue of whatever, you know, we're mm. fickle, us comic book fans. But that's, uh, that is not necessarily always, I may not always be writing an experience that I've had myself. This is a problem. I feel with big groups of creators like Marvel or DC or even a, a movie studio or something mm -hmm. like that. And I'm wondering, do you feel like that is a similarly thorny issue when it comes to individual creators like myself? I want to write about a mixed race family of superheroes. I need to do that well and carefully because we've seen what happens when, when say, somebody like Brian Michael Bendis, maybe, yeah. you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do I think it's a similar level of issue? Yes. Do I think we all are going to mess it up before we get it right? Yes. Do I think that there are ways to mitigate messing it up too badly? Yes. Do I ask and expect of myself as a writer? We already always do research to create our characters. We already, you want to make this guy a marble collector. So you go out and you hit the rabbit hole on marbles and how they're made. And you watch the how they made, how it's made on Netflix. And you figure out, you go all the way. I would ask that if you are exploring, diversifying your character list, you give 
those other characters that same amount of effort. Not necessarily, not everything out of a black lesbian character's mouth is going to be about being a black lesbian, right? Yeah, but absolutely. that information has to inform the situation she finds herself in and the decisions she makes. In some situations, it is less relevant. You know, like there could be situations in which that is the identity identifier at the bottom of her list. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But let's just give it some realistic thought and don't just go on the stereotypes of, oh, well, I heard a black guy say this one time. So that's how black people think. Right. Or that's the character I'm going to create. Well, you wouldn't do that to your alien mutant. You would go all the way on that on that character. Do the same with any character and don't assume you know what that yeah. all looks like. One of my Twitter friends runs a writing the other workshop. Yes. Yes. You can take online, right? So it's six classes. You can really explore the ideas that go along with it. There's a lot of different ways to diversify that character list that don't require a little bit of it. That I just encourage people to consider and think about and, and explore. The reason I bring that up is that mm -hmm. when you're looking at these larger groups, you have the backing of that larger group. You have yeah. and some built-in fans. Like they could literally hand Captain America to the first person that yeah. they hit with a rock stepping on the street. And there's going to be a minimum sales that happen because it's got Captain America on the title. With smaller properties or your own yeah. things, there's there's less of that you know, that support. And I have heard other Caucasian, especially authors, white authors and, and male authors who are afraid, I, I'm going to say afraid to, yeah. to diversify their character list because they're afraid to do it wrong. And at least for me, I mean, I want to do it as well as I can, but I, I don't want that to be the reason I don't try, you know, yeah. So that's why I ask, because I agree. Yeah. I think that it's not more effort than when I have to, it's less effort than when I have to invent an entire civilization behind this alien person or whatever. Right. I can't right. find a beta reader who's from this civilization mm -hmm. I just invented. I can find a beta reader from this exactly. community. Yep, yep. So. And I, you don't let your fear stop you from writing in general, right? We all write through fear. We all write through anxiety. We all are terrified that not one book will sell. That's the lamest excuse. <laughs> I understand it. I hear it. I have it in my own body, right? That I am afraid <laughs> all the time that no one will read anything I ever have to say. This is going to sound very self-serving, but I have 100,000 eyeballs at Black Nerd Problems every mm -hmm. week. And I'm still afraid every time I publish an article that no one will read it. And I write it anyway, and I publish it anyway. So if you're out there and you want to have the characters represent the world you live in, the world you want to live in, mm -hmm. whatever that looks like, write it. Someone will read it. And if you hit the right audience, it will become bigger than you ever imagined possible. Just because you gave truth to your own story. And that circles back around to what we were saying could be done at Marvel or DC mm -hmm. where it's so much easier because they could build an infrastructure for this yeah. Yeah. You know, with a lot more leeway for screwing it up along the way, mm -hmm. you know, um, someone like you or I who are making it up, right? Yeah.
Because because we're all still here. Like if there weren't leeway for uh, Marvel and DC to screw it up, we would have been gone some time ago. <laughs> right, right. People will give you a chance, but you have to ask them for it. You gotta ask them for it. Let's glance at this list right quick and see if there's anything yeah. like we really like that uh, the wasp. Book yeah, straight. I am so. Oh, speaking of people stepping in the other, I have been thinking of Kate Bishop as Hawkeye for quite a while now. So, and Kelly Thompson is writing it. Kelly Thompson's amazing. DC Bombshells, A Force, and that's another example. Kelly Thompson went on the A Force line with G Willow Wilson, and Wilson, after a few issues, stepped back and let Kelly have it. Right, you can yeah. hand these comics off to people. It just over and over. Anyway, yes, I think Kate Bishop is going to be a blast. Yeah, she has been. I mean, uh, when in the other half of Matt Fraction's Hawkeye series, right? When when yes. and when she shows up and calls Clint on his bullshit, it's fantastic. Fantastic. We'll take a step back to Riri Williams, who I'm very excited about, both because of yes. age. And because African-American genius is really interesting to me because I just recently read, it wasn't a very long article, but it was just sort of a, a, like a white privilege gut check kind of article mm -hmm. from an from African-American woman who, who went to Harvard. And she was, ear holes, if I can find it again, I'll put it in the show notes. I apologize for not remembering, but this, this makes me think of Riri very much. That when she said she was going to Harvard multiple times, some to some rando white person like at the post office or whatever they'd be like you mean you mean the one in massachusetts well like, the harvard is there really yeah right exactly <laughs> and you know you know like that's i'm not even calling you out as some kind of horrible hood wearing racist but that is a <laughs> that's a question you're only asking because you're talking to a black person that's yeah. why I think I agree with you. The flavor of jerk that Riri might be in comparison to Tony should be very different. That's exciting. How do you feel about the name? How long should she be called Iron Man? I want her all... I, now, this is just me. I want her always to be Iron Man. I think the idea... I like really? Pepper Potts as Iron Man. I thought that was hilarious. I am oh, down I for like her so Iron much better as Rescue. Like, because she does a different thing, right? Like Yes, that's true. She has uh, anyway, a different yeah. So if she then eventually has a different thing, like War Machine was a fundamentally different outfit than Iron Man. Mm -hmm. If she if her suit goes in a different direction, then I will entertain giving her a different title. But for right now, the idea of her little curly curly hair sticking out of the bottom of that Iron Man helmet <laughs> makes me so happy. I just don't even need anything else. I'll tell you what, her fantastic afro fitting underneath <laughs> that helmet is almost as big a piece of science fiction nonsense as anything else that the, <laughs> that the armor does. Real. She's going to ruin her fro, and Every that's not going to be okay. Because <laughs> like, if I was putting that on my hair, I'd be mad all the time. All the time, yeah. yeah. I don't even have hair that big, and I would be like, this helmet is wrecking my my My, <laughs> my look, right? And we talked about the wasp is going to be great. Oh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur is continuing. It's going to be number 13. So not going to be renumbered, but she's going to continue to wreck the world. And that'll so, be a lot of fun. I am so excited about that. Okay, so I have a I have a tattoo project where I am adding Kirby tattoos to my left arm, like all <laughs> Kirby characters. And I'm so torn right now because I kind of want it to be 
Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Yeah, but, instead of the original. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I think, listen, I don't want to speak for Jack. I think he'd be fine with it, but I can't find, nobody is doing those characters in a Kirby style, which is, yeah. I'm borrowing actual panels, you know, for the most part. Oh. And, or trying to. Fun. Trying to, you know. And this so I'm really torn thing. on that. Ear holes, chime in. What do you like? Yeah. What do you think? We want to know. Decorate Josh's arm. <laughs> That's what we're here for. So how much do you like the look of U.S. Avengers with Squirrel Girl, with what looks to be another teenage girl in a humongous Iron Patriot costume? <laughs> a Captain America who is the daughter of Luke Cage and Jessica Jones from an alternate future? I mean... How, how amazing is that? Danielle, of course, you know, yes. named for Danny, Iron Fist. Yeah, Danny Rand, who is also a great character. This, and the cover with the giant skull, like, they really yeah, went what? all what the way. That? Golden skull? I don't even know. But, oh, mentioning Danny Rand, Iron Fist is getting a sidekick, a second Iron Fist, who is a small like preteen, like nine or ten year old girl what? from Kunlun. Yeah. So there's a lot of exciting Maybe they're gonna do Yes. And I think if if Marvel decides to start tapping the sidekick route, which generally they have not, that's a very easy way. That's how DC has been diversifying their lineup for years. It's they start true. with Green Lantern and then oh here's a Hispanic Green Lantern. We just roll that guy in. Oh, here's an Asian Green Lantern. Let's roll that guy in. There's thirty seven Green Lanterns, right? Everybody Ooh. gets one. They're still doing it. They're doing it with a new sort of sidekick character for Batman in um, in Duke, who yeah. I, I think Sparrow or something. He's getting kind of a red outfit, but it's still it's funny to me that they're talking about this like it's a completely different thing than getting a Robin. And I'm like, that's the same uh, thing no, as getting a Robin. I, no complaints. I like I like it. a good Robin. I like Duke. I like Robin, but don't mm-hmm. pretend that because he's black and you put a red outfit on him instead of the, uh, you know, yellow and green. Well, you know, it's a mix, but you know, that's, that's not yeah. Let's, don't pretend he's not a sidekick because he's. We are. I'm going to take a minute, and I know you'll join me in making fun of this. I know, because one of these new Marvel books is Occupy Avengers, and the picture cover is Hawkeye in front of a crowd of brown people all looking mad. I have so many concerns. <laughs> and they are deep and wide, Josh. <laughs> like, Let's, start. Let's start with the grand Marvel tradition of introducing concepts, like pop culture concepts from the real world to their books 10 to 20 years too late. Like right? you, mentioned, you mentioned Dazzler Thor. So this is a character based on Dazzler from the X-Men comics who was originally the Disco Dazzler. And I think her first appearance was like 1983. The ship had sailed, you guys. Long after Disco was dead and gone. So this is not new. This is a very typical Marvel move. But good Lord Almighty, Occupy Avengers with, with Clint Barton Hawkeye, not even Kate. Who, by the way, yeah. is like, you know, a rich white girl, but still at least female. <laughs> no, it's clear. I was looking at this cover. Like, this is just, I don't even. It's sort of painted realistic style, too. And it's, it's so beautiful. Just, like, the art of it is beautiful, but yes. yeah. 
but I'm very, I'm very concerned. I think that's Anna Paquin, like right to the right of <laughs> in the back there. In yeah. The and we've got a Luke Cage lookalike to his left in the orange shirt. Yeah, it's really. I thought um, that was Luke Cage for a minute, and then I was like, wait, no, no, they're doing. They something wouldn't else. do that. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to say that this book's going to be a hot mess by any stretch, but I got to say this first cover and just the name. Occupy yeah, together. Avengers. Oh, and David Walker is writing it. Oh my goodness! What what fresh hell might this be? <laughs> right. Oh, this is going to be a party. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> what the, the beauty of releasing? What is this like? Twenty two new comics or something absurd like that? Is that you're going to win some or you're going to lose some? Right. Well, and the comics of, forever, right? Yeah. Right. And six inside of six issues, half of these are going to wash out, and we'll be left with the stuff that we actually want to read. And in the meantime, we have to decide if we're going to buy Occupy Avengers number one just for the, just for the giggles, right? I will say Occupy Avengers has a better shot with me than Fool Killer or Solo because I don't yeah, understand no. what's going on there at all. But that's that is a whole separate conversation <laughs> I, that only ties into this one because I guess they're more white dudes with guns, which is, are we sure, Marvel? Are we sure? You know, I'm just, just wondering. Just checking. How do we, you know, just saying. I blame Deadpool. Well, sure, but, hmm, I mean, obviously, but, man, you're not going to get a fool killer movie. You know what? Just not that long ago, I would have said you're not getting a Deadpool movie, so the hell do right, I know? So, yeah, we're just walking around here guessing. Let's be totally honest. Absolutely. Let's bring this in. I want to say again, if you guys are enjoying this conversation, it continues constantly between Leslie and the other contributors to Black Nerd Problems at blacknerdproblems.com. Yes. Absolutely. Um, I or on put... Twitter, same tag. <laughs> you can always yes. find us arguing about something stupid on Twitter. Uh, I really enjoy your you all's Game of Thrones commentary. The best Game of Thrones recaps, live tweets, everybody agrees. That's the spot. If There's you want to know <laughs> what the streets think about Game of Thrones. <laughs> that's, that is the joy to me because I know what I think about Game of Thrones and I know what, but when I, when you start like dropping some knowledge yes. from the street on Game serious. of Thrones, I'm like, that's, that is beautiful, yeah. beautiful business. Yeah. Uh, I will Game also is the most gangster TV show ever created. Like, let's be totally honest. It is like just shooting people in the back of the head, taking over. I want to own it all. I don't give a f top to bottom. You're so, man. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. It reminds me of the moment that I realized that most Dungeons and Dragon parties only make sense to me if Dungeoneering is like hip hop, where you got to get rich or die trying. Like that's the get way you get it. That's your goal. Right? Yes. That's the only yes. way that going into deep, dark, horrible places and coming out to spend it all on Hookers ridiculousness. And blow. Yeah, yeah. In my personal case, on platinum caps for my orc fighter <laughs> and a big tattoo across his abs that said Delve Life. I know you are literally the only other person that will find that entertaining, but you're with me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, 
articles I will specifically link to facing nerd problems is representation for representation's sake, the new danger. That was kind of a collective uh, from the from the staff at Black Nerd Problems. That is a great example of the kind of commentary you can get there on the things that Leslie and I are discussing right here, right now. Yeah. It's, it's really great. Also, as a as a big fan of slang, I really appreciate the slang roundups. I don't know if it's only one. I feel like I've seen two, but the last one was really I, great. Yeah, I think we've done two of them. And those are organic. Those come out of our private writer's chats yes. of the way that our conversations. And it's interesting, in any small group of people, you will develop your own tags and language and slang. And so for us to then put ours out into the world and see how it matches up is a, it's anthropology at its finest, in my opinion. Swear to Bast has been slowly trickling into my regular. We use uh, it all the time. <laughs> the, thing I, the thing I really appreciate it. So, okay, your holes at this point, I'll dig that one up and put it in the show notes also, yeah, because I, the, I, the thing I really appreciate is that you collectively have tried to slangify gifting. Yes. Like, I know, I know, like, I can look at this and go, that's what's, that's, when you say pain theme, that's where you would, that's where you want a gift to run across your literal face in yes. real talk. In real and time. it's just, yep. we're not there yet. We're just not there yet. But soon, soon technology is going to do that for us. Or at the very least, I'll be able to type into my communicator pain theme and Josh will see it. We'll see the gift. Just, right yeah, there. that's delicious. I yeah, I switched my main chat program usage just so that I could gif easier. So I'm yeah, I'm all about You're that. I am about that life. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so those are yeah, the, the, that's been really fun. So there's reviews that are really yeah. great and tutorials. Yeah, um, lots of those TV recaps. Depending on whatever we're into that season, occasionally we get some scoops. Or and are we really enjoy the interviews most of all? We yes. like the interview creators, interview new up and coming people, or people who've been in the business for a long time. The business being pop culture, media. Yeah, uh, that's the stuff that we are really just digging into and trying to support as much as we can. Um, Definitely, the conversations going on out there, and it's amazing. And you just got to find some place to tap in. And I can, of course, recommend Black Nerd Problems as a place to start. I, I can too. I'm trying. <laughs> I really, I know you all live in very different places. Like you don't physically oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. together, right? But I kind of want to go to movies and watch TV shows with you all in a room. And this is not a thing that can happen for a variety of reasons. But I just, yeah, yeah it's it would be, it, yeah, it's a great it's a great website. I know that at, right after I met you the first time and knew that it existed, the I think the first thing I saw was, uh, I mean, it was older. It had been archived, mm -hmm. but I saw it and I noticed interview with Tawny Heasy Coates way before yes. he was doing Black Panther or sometime before. Cause I right. discovered him in the Atlantic and have been mm -hmm. a fan of his and read his, his autobiography and, uh, um, Oh, between the world and me. Yeah. Beautiful. Stuff. Yeah. It was, it was wonderful. So I was like, Oh, Oh, if I needed a sign from the universe that black <laughs> nerd problems is welcoming me specifically, this is it. I, that's it. So definitely uh, check that out and join in the conversation, Earholes. Tell us what you think about Marvel's new lineup. Tell us yeah. what you think about DCs because I haven't looked at it much, but they got a Chinese Superman. Yeah. And it something about that feels less genuine 
I, I can't put my finger on it. So I'm not, I'm not going to say that definitively. I'm going to say that is a Josh feeling. So feeling. tell me about it, DC readers. Yep. That feels a little less genuine an effort. Maybe it's because it's African-American Wally West sticking around from New 52 and Chinese Superman and everybody else is basically the same. who they've been. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Let's talk to me about it. Tweet at, at Girlsplained or at Joshua Unruh if you, uh, if you don't want to bring the rest of the ear holes in. Although, why would you not? Because we will when we start responding. Yeah. Leslie, thanks for joining us here on Girlsplained again. We really appreciate it. At a blast. Thanks so much, Josh, for inviting me and talking comic books and Marvel and writers and all that good stuff. Oh no, it's it's our pleasure. The I, I am being I am finding myself very lucky in both my choice of original co-host and fill-in co-hosts while Rowan is out of pocket. So you are you are continuing my lucky streak and I appreciate it. Yay. So other than blacknerdproblems.com, is there anywhere else that people should look for you on the internet? Any place else they can read you or uh, would you like to tweet at one another? Um, you can tweet me at my name, L-E-H Light, on Twitter. Um, I am not, I don't think I have anything newly published right now, but I have some submissions out. So once they are pubbed, then um, I will share that information on my Twitter account for sure. And you do have a novel that is available. Yes. Yeah, I, it should still be available. It's been a long time. Um, <laughs> the name of the novel is Queen of Hunger. And it is a cyberpunk uh, adventure story out of my wildest dreams. And if you're interested in cyberpunk and alternative religions and road stories and there's a lesbian love story at the end, like it's just an amazing labor of love for me. I enjoyed every minute of it. And uh, if you're interested, you can get it on Amazon and the title is Queen of Hunger. I, as a fellow indie author, I sympathize with that feeling. It's like no matter what else you're writing, the longer you get away from the last full-length novel release, the less it feels like you should talk about the fact yes. that you wrote novels. It's no. so weird. It's so weird. And yet we get into the space where we have to recognize that so many people sit down to write a novel and never finish it. Oh, yeah. You started one. I mean, this is not just me talking about myself also, but you started one, huge deal. You finished yeah. one, huge deal. You yeah. saw it through to completion to the point that you felt it was it was of a level to publish and put in front of other humans and ask yeah. for money for it. These are, yeah, it's big. We should be talking. Every time I meet somebody, it should be, hi, I'm Josh. I write novels. Recognize. Yeah. Recognize. You know. I have written a novel. Witness me. Like, that is... <laughs> yes. Chrome teeth. Yep. It goes on my tombstone. That's why I don't get to go to work parties with my wife anymore. It's exactly yeah, that, that kind of... That you know. explains that, you know. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much again. Thank you, Earholes, for joining us. Go find yeah. Black Nerd Problems. Go find all Leslie stuff. It's, it's great. I really appreciate her viewpoint and her fellow contributors viewpoint. Thanks again for coming, Leslie. Sure, sure. Anytime. Good, Good night, night. Holes. See you next time. You've been listening to Girlsplained, a J-Row production, all rights reserved. Special thanks to Alyssa Dollinger for all the graphic design assistance. Mad props to Adam Lanier for our theme song. 
You can hear more of his music at beachlanguage.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us on iTunes or Stitcher, and maybe even leave a comment. For show notes, previous episodes, or to find out all the ways you can contact us, fly over to girlsplain.com.